2 Peter chapter 1 this morning. Now, I'm going to try something new. Ordinarily, I teach in series of messages, and to be honest with you, I like doing series better. They're easier for me. Um, I like knowing well in advance where I'm going with a message. So I like to teach through various books of the Bible, or I have a theme or a thought. And in the culture today where you know people might attend church more sporadically, it kind of keeps people engaged. But uh, I'm going to try to be in the moment in this particular set of messages. Um, I'm going to just go week to week on what the Lord gives me. And to be honest, that was sort of something that's a bit challenging for me. Uh, I don't have the outline in the back of the bulletins because, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not used to doing it like this. And Robin's out of town, uh, so we didn't get that put on in time. And uh, true to form, the Lord did give me the message on my way home from school, and I had to come back and try to get it in my computer before I got it. So <laughs> I, I just am going to try to minister on what he puts on my heart. I'm in 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to read uh, 2 Peter 5, 6, and 7, and then pray. Uh, here's what the Bible says. For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you this morning uh, for the love of God, and I pray for a group of people growing day by day, a group of people diligent in their faith to walk with you, to know you. We, we, we pray, Lord, for uh, greater growth to take place in our lives in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Now, I do feel bad for you all poor people because for months now, if not longer, you have been subjected to me talking about my basement remodel. <laughs> and uh, this last week, I thank God I got the carpet in, which was perfect, just in time for my mother-in-law to come down and visit. <laughs> and uh, she's happy about that. My kids are happy about that. I had a buddy of mine, he said, Jordan, you know, you're real diligent. And uh, that whole process just kind of made me think about life, uh, how it goes. Because, you know, I had this idea of perseverance and diligence just stir in my spirit all week long. And I think that, you know, what's been stirring me is understanding the times that we're in and how you got to run your race in these days. You want to run it well. For you to finish strong, you're going to have to have diligence. This is something, a subject that I love, but I've never taught much on. Diligence. Someone say diligence. I'm going to show you here some dividends of diligence. Teach on these dividends. You know, a dividend is something that pays off in your life. And, uh, that diligence, this is what I learned about diligence. Diligence means that you follow through with something, you continue to do it, even when you lose interest in it. And that, for me, really hit home. I can't tell you how many times I lost interest in working on my basement. <laughs> I have a particular personality type where if I get bored, man, it's hard for me to just kind of keep up with things. I know people who lose interest in all kinds of things in life, like their careers. Some people lose interest in their marriages. Some people lose interest in spending any time with God or drift away from Him. I mean, this happens with people. So I do really appreciate Proverbs 12, 27, when it says, diligence is a man's precious possession. There's something about diligence that helps you continue to go and, and, and move forward, and I'm telling you, that diligence is going to pay some big dividends in your life. And the thing about diligence is it's applicable in virtually 
every area of life. I mean, you can think about diligence on a job. People who get promoted are people who are diligent workers. They stay after it. Diligence is something that you know, applies to you in all areas of life. Your, your education, it, it can apply to you, uh, uh, you know, in parenting, in budgeting, in, in, in any number of areas in the natural. And of course, it's applicable in spiritual areas. I mean, like diligence in daily devotions. Man, I, I, I love to spend time daily with God. I found that the more diligent I have been to that, the more I get out of it. It's taken me years and years and years, but most of my devotional time is really rich and I can hear and sense the presence of the Lord. And there's something about it that can only be done when a person is diligent to it. So I want to walk through some bit of scripture here in 2 Peter, and I want to talk to you about being diligent. Let's start in verse 5. He said, for this very reason, Verse 4 tells us the reason. It's because you've been a partaker of the divine nature. The fact that he's put of his spirit in your heart and you're born again and he desires to have a relationship with you. Because of that, he said to add that word diligence, which means that you make every effort, he said, to add this to your faith. He said to your faith, add virtue. Virtue is uh, a moral nature. It's, it's like... Um, you know, you, um, you know the difference between right and wrong. There's, there's a morality that, that kicks in as you grow in the Lord. To virtue, he said, add knowledge. That you need to know the Lord and his word. Spend time with him. Get to know who he is. He said, to knowledge, add self-control. Self-control, I think, is perhaps the most important and yet perhaps most overlooked fruit of the Spirit. If people have more self-control, there would be less fighting in your life. You know, can I get a witness on that? <laughs> I mean, it is funny. Uh, self-control is such a significant fruit that people sometimes overlook. To self-control, he said, perseverance, which is a steadfastness or an endurance, a stick-to-itiveness, where, where you're just pressing ahead. To perseverance, godliness, that's his character. That's a holy lifestyle before him. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And the Greek word here is Philadelphia, which has to do with the way you treat somebody with respect and loving them. And then he said to brotherly kindness, we add the word love. This, of course, is the Greek word agape, the agape love of God. It would appear that the greatest level of spiritual maturity you're going to reach in your life is when you know how to love people. That love is, is an incredible place. And then he said, for if these things, per se, if these things, these, this list of things that I just read, characteristics that you're supposed to be diligent about, if those characteristics are yours, and they're abounding, you're growing in them, I love what he said, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful. Think about that verse. You will not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Now, I read this verse, which I've, it's always intrigued me, and here, here's the thought that really came. It's that diligence is the thing that helps you reach your potential. Diligence is that thing that when you apply it to your life, if you're diligent to grow, the possibilities are limitless. And the capabilities that God has put in you, I mean, it's like they have an exponential level of growth that they can come to. Jesus said it this way in John 15. He said, I want you to bear more fruit. You can bear fruit and bear more fruit and more and more fruit and lasting fruit. That's what Jesus would like for us to do. And as I said before, uh, you know, diligence is applicable in life, and it's true on all these levels. It's true in natural levels. I did spend the winter months 
going to the gym every morning, because you know in Montana, the winters are eternal. It goes from like November to, you know, forever. <laughs> and so I haven't been at the gym this spring because I've been getting some other things done. But man, I mean, by four months in, I was almost at the top of the class where I could keep up with the 30-year-olds. I was almost right there. <laughs> it was working. I, I was growing because I was diligent. I was getting stronger. You know, you get diligence in personal development. You'll grow in your education. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I love to read. So I'm always reading on something. Books, I read you know, maybe two or three books a week if I can. I love to read, love to grow. One thing I'm trying to work on is cooking breakfast. I've become a pretty good breakfast cook through diligence. I'm working at it. Figured out how to get the bacon perfect. Took a while. Some diligence. <laughs> uh, it's true in, in your spiritual walk. I mean, you know, you're growing in the things of God. That means that you learn how to love people that annoy you, and you're patient with people. It means that you know you know the scriptures and you're following the Lord. It means you can start, learn how to speak into people's life and encourage them with the Word of God. Yeah, and it's true in your calling. Uh, you you want to fulfill God's call? He said, if you do these things, you won't be barren or unfruitful. That word literally means useless. I I don't want to be useless. I want to be useful to the Master. And I found the more diligent I am to grow spiritually, the more God does use me. He does use me, but that's not that big of a deal. He uses donkeys and foolish people, and he uses youth. And, but God does reward the diligent. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I'm telling you, one of the great keys for spiritual growth, if you really want to fulfill God's call, his purpose, his plan, is you have to be diligent to it. I mean, there's little attention to detail, the little things that you're doing. I think about the field that I'm working in, the call of God, in terms of pastoring. You know, my, my wife and I, we try to be diligent. I love to teach the Bible. I have a passion for it. I can't help it. I dream about it. I, I just feel like I get in situations, I want to share something from the scriptures, and I'm studying it all the time. I love to learn about the Bible, love to have discussions about the things of God. I mean, I, it's just something that's a natural thing for me. You know, something else I'm working to be diligent about in spiritual levers has to do with spiritual gifts. Because I, I think, man, if I'm not mistaken, in the book of Hebrews, it says that's one of the ways that God reveals his will is through his gifts. And I, I want to hear from him clearly. I have found that the more diligent I am to be with him, stay with him, the easier it is to hear his voice, to know what he's saying, to understand what to do in situations. And that comes through diligence, a diligent application to it. And I see this with people in various things they're called to. You know, one of my, my buddies, Caleb Barnt, he's a musician, he's a great musician, and he's always talking about the craft, developing the craft. And that's a diligence that comes with it. If you're going to be a musician, you've got to keep that going. You've got to learn. I had another buddy, he, he's got the most athletic ability, and he has a six-year-old, seven-year-old, and I saw him on Facebook running wind sprints. He had that kid with a, uh, a, like a parachute on out running wind sprints when he was... You know, there's a scholarship in that kid's future. <laughs> and that's diligence. Diligence is the thing that helps you reach potential. It helps you grow to the places you're supposed to go in God. He said, if you do these things, you will not be barren or unfruitful. I want to be fruitful. How about you? Ah, diligence helps you reach potential. Look at verse 9. He said, but if you lack these things. So in verse 8, he said, if these are yours, you'll be fruitful. Verse 9, he says, but if you don't have these things, these characteristics of growth, perseverance, self-control, you know, righteousness and, and, and godliness, he said, if you don't do these things, then you become 
short-sighted, even blind, and you might have even forgotten that you have been cleansed from your old sin. Here's something I learned about diligence. Diligence actually grows, deepens, or develops your perspectives. You know, nearsighted people cannot see things from a distance. And so they lack context. Uh, They don't have a clear vantage point. There's a man in the Bible named Rehoboam. He was the son of Solomon. Solomon had incredible wealth and success. But when his son Rehoboam took the kingdom, he would not listen to the elderly advisors. Instead, he listened to the young men that he was with, and it cost him the kingdom because he lacked perspective. Man, perspective in life is so crucial. Life requires that you have the right perspective. And there are so many things in life you got to have perspective about. Pastor David Terred last week, he talked about a perspective. Uh, he, He was talking about the blessing of God. And man, you've got to have the right perspectives that you've been blessed to be a blessing. You've got to understand the right perspectives about how to handle God's favor, His, His, His blessing. You, you, sometimes people lack eternal perspectives in life, or they don't have uh, perspectives about parenting or you know, the way that they live life. You, you want to have perspective in things that you do, because without perspective, without being diligent to really grow and, and, and walk with God, here it says that you might be short-sighted. Yeah, short-sighted, you know, you don't see the big picture. And what I found out about people when they get short-sighted, you know what happens to them? They get very selfish. Everything revolves around themselves. Whether it's a self-absorbed 20-year-old or a retiree who lives in a, a small world because they don't have any connections around. I mean, however that happens, I've seen it where people end up you know, just self-focused, short-sighted, they get selfish. I think one of the greatest things that has helped me develop perspective has been raising children in a family. I mean, it is really incredible what children have done to me in terms of my perspectives, in terms of the way I want to handle situations. And I'm even told that when you have grandchildren, your perspective is even that much bigger. It gives you a greater perspective because you see things from a greater vantage point. So sometimes when people are not diligent to grow, they get short-sighted. And the rest of the verse says not just short-sighted. The lack of diligence in your life to spiritual things may even lead to blindness. That's what it says. Blindness. And the word here is describing a spiritual type of blindness. Uh, You know, sometimes people, they get undiscerning about things. They they don't discern things properly. It's like blinded about certain things. And it's almost mysterious. You know, uh, this happened to Israel in Romans chapter 11. It calls it the mystery of Israel's blindness. Jesus showed up and they could not recognize their Messiah because they were busy doing religious things, but not things that grew their relationship with God. Now, you know, Jonah went to prophesy in Nineveh. And it says about Nineveh, there was a whole group of people who could not discern between their right hand and their left hand when he came to rebuke them. Now, if that doesn't describe American society, I don't know what does. Because, you know, we got a whole group of people today who lack discernment. So, you know, it it is incredible to me. I've talked to people, for instance, about, you know, Disney. Disney has a full-blown, sexually perverse agenda that they're trying to put on children. They got, you know, gay pride shirts for kids to wear now for your four-year-old, and they got the rainbow mouse ears. 
And I was talking to one guy. He just, I don't see what the big deal with that is. And my thought is, brother, you are not discerning. You're like the frog in the frying pan. Don't figure out it's getting hotter. And if you can't see that the culture is adrift in immorality and wickedness, how are you going to escape the wrath to come? You're caught up in blindness right here, a spiritual blindness that people live with. And when you get to that level, because you haven't been growing, you end up in what the, next, the rest of the verse says, where you've forgotten the fact that you were even cleansed from your sin. Now, this being forgetfulness, this is like a willful obliviousness. Like you just, you know, don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. Romans chapter 1 says that a lack of gratitude, because you don't remember things, is the very first step into falling into perversion and sin. When people get forgetful of the fact that they were cleansed from sin, to me it speaks of a lack of gratitude. And I'll tell you something, I've worked very hard to stay grateful in my life for things. Like that gratitude gives you such a perspective about life. And, you know, I'm sure grateful for holidays like Thanksgiving. I'm grateful for the 4th of July. I'm grateful to think about, you know, this nation. I'm, I'm grateful for America. I'm grateful for the blood of Jesus. I'm grateful for the work of the cross. I'm grateful that he saved me. I'm grateful that he rescued me out of sin. I mean, I am so grateful for the fact that heaven is my home and I can have righteousness in this life and I don't have to live bound by sin. That is something to be grateful about. I don't want to forget that I was cleansed. And so I keep growing. I want to be diligent to follow after the things of God. This gives you a perspective to run your race with. So that's the second thing we can say about the diligence and how it pays off. It gives you perspective. Look at verse number 10. He said, therefore, brother, be even more diligent. There's our word. Someone say diligent. Be even more diligent, he said, to make your call and election sure. Because he said, if you do these things, if you're diligent to grow in self-control and perseverance and godliness and the love of God, he said, you will never stumble. Oh, that's an amazing verse. If you, do, if you are diligent in these areas of life to grow, you won't stumble in any kind of sin. He said, in fact, there'll be an entrance that's supplied to you into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord. He said, you'll make heaven your home. So here's the thing I would say I've learned also about diligence in the spiritual sense. Diligence actually preserves you from sin. That little attention to detail helps you grow in sanctification where you're overcoming the little sin issues, the the things that trip you up in life. And when you're careful to be diligent, you be spared from the consequences of sin. You'll be kept uh, from sin, protected and safe. You know, uh, Jude, which is a very similar epistle to Peter, they have the same things. Jude verse 24, he he said that uh, Jesus is able to keep you from stumbling. And that word stumbling is the same word here, and the idea is that you wouldn't get stumble in sin. You wouldn't get caught up with it. A few verses before that, uh, Jude said that you should keep yourself in the love of God and look for His mercy. That is diligence. That when you're looking for His love and you're looking for mercy, and that, that's staying diligent to be free from sin. Because let me tell you the problem with sin. The problem with sin is it's sneaky. It's insidious. And it sneaks up on you in incremental little levels. Like when you're not even 
worrying about it. Little things that, that get in your life. That's why the Song of Solomon in the Bible refers to it as little foxes that spoil your vine. Those little things. You, see, you've got to be diligent with little things. Like, for instance, things like your words. Now, I've been bragging to you and telling you all about my house project. You weren't there for me when Elizabeth had me paint the house last week. I hate painting. I was joking with her. I think it's what they do in hell. They paint. <laughs> and when you have that attitude, you, you're not a pleasant person to be with. And I was mean to Elizabeth. I know you find that hard to believe. Because listen, if you got a problem with Elizabeth, you got a problem, brother. I mean, Elizabeth's very sweet. And I, I had to catch myself because once you start getting angry or nasty on things, it's easy to have it snowball. Can I get away? And then, you know, you get tired from all the house projects. I've been, I found myself, like, I had to stop. I had to apologize to Elizabeth. We had to calm down. Uh, I had to watch what I'm saying. Um, you know, the Bible says the more you're talking, the more you're sinning. That's what it says in the book of Proverbs. And if you're like me and you got a big mouth, that is a warning. That's a warning. you got to be careful. Also, little things are like things that you see, things you watch. Isn't it interesting? Like if you watch a movie and you see a scene in there that may not be a godly scene, it can start triggering things in your mind or a hunger for more of those little things. And, and then you start, you know, not really being very disciplined and letting things in. Listen, I, I, people who have affairs, I could tell you, in just about every case, someone's looking at pornography. And what it's doing is it's feeding an appetite that is going to lead to an action because a little thing wasn't dealt with. And I, I've had guys, I'm so proud of them, who have quit pornography, don't look at it, very diligent about it, because they know if you open that door, it could start growing and festering. I mean, a little thing right there. It, little things, you know, like, like attitudes. If you notice how an attitude can just grow. You know, my kids are in school over here, right across the street, and I was amazed. My sweet, precious little kindergartners would start coming home with terrible attitudes right after school. Either they're hungry or they have been in an environment where that attitude has grown. And so we have to be diligent to snuff that attitude out. I was talking to my brother-in-law about that because he said, well, Listen, that attitude's going to happen whether they're 16 or whether they're 6. So you, the sooner you learn how to deal with the attitudes and help it calm down, the better off they might be. The attitudes, that happens with people in life. You get that little attitude, starts running wild, and before you know it, you've got a problem in your hand. Yeah, it's a little thing. I want to be diligent so I never stumble. And I don't want to stumble in sin. I mean, I, I see so many people, even in ministry, in the world right now, they get tripped up with little sin issues. And man, I'm telling you, I want to be diligent. I want to grow all the time. I want you to run your race well so you're not caught up with little things that might hinder you and trip you up. And there's something about diligence that keeps you moving forward in God's plan. Let me give you one more here. Uh, let's go to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 14. 2 Peter 3, verse 14. He said, Therefore, beloved, Looking forward to these things. These things that he's talking about in chapter 3 are not the same things he's talking about in chapter 1. Chapter 1 is about your salvation. Chapter 3 is about the fact that Jesus is coming. Yeah, he's coming, and there's a new heaven and a new earth to look forward to, and heaven is our home. And so he said we should look forward to these things and be diligent. Somebody say diligent. Diligent. That's another place he uses the word. Be diligent to be found in him in peace without spot and blameless 
And consider, he said that the long-suffering or the patience of the Lord is his salvation. Now, here's the fourth thing I'd like to just share about diligence. Diligence is something that helps to perfect you. That word perfect it means that you reach your maturity. And that's what diligence will do. It will take you from the place of potential into a place of perfection where you've grown. You've reached it. You've realized it. And God does those things sometimes through patience. I mean, that's why the book of James tells us that when patience has its perfect work, you'll be complete and whole and lacking nothing. That's a picture of maturity. And there's something about this diligence and perseverance and patience that just, it works the will of God in your life. It works sanctification. It brings maturity into your life. Now, I think the reason why there is so much immaturity in today's world is because life is so easy for people now. I mean, we've got so many options. Like, if you want a boat, but you can't afford it, you can put it on the plastic credit card. You can put all kinds of things in debt and never actually have to be disciplined and save up money for them. You know, it's the same thing with, with doctors. Man, I love doctors. But if people are sick, it's very easy to go to the doctor. I mean, and, and that's great. It's just sometimes there's things that the Lord could heal. And people's faith never sometimes gets developed because the first thing they do is run to doctors. I'm just telling you. When you got a problem relationally with somebody, in the culture today, instead of having to go somewhere and talk face-to-face -face with people, we use Google and figure out what the problem is. They'll just look it up online and think they have an answer for something rather than figure out actively how are you going to engage someone and work on that. I'm telling you, it's so easy. You just look on your phone for things. Yeah. But he said uh, here that we should be diligent to look forward to these things. And, you know, I, I just think that mature people, look what it says, are found in peace. Be diligent be found in peace. Maturity possesses the peace of God. Mm. You need the peace of God in 2022. You're going to need it in 2023. Listen, I, I'm, they got a baby formula shortage. <laughs> things, are, things could get crazy. I was reading the news. They said that we might have a perfect storm of inflation, stagflation, craziness. I mean, it, it's like people don't really know what to expect in the world. And you know, that can rob your peace. But I'm telling you that we as believers have the peace of God and his promises and his plan. And God knows how to take care of his beloved. Amen. Peace is a precious possession. And people who are mature... In the things of God, they carry the peace of God. That's how people can identify you. People who are mature are people who don't have any spots. I like what he said, without spot. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about clothes that you wear with stains on it, like food stains. And I'm telling you, some people have sin stains. There's some things you can't hide from your poor hygiene and appetite. Like you can't hide uh, gossip. You, you ain't going to be able to hide, you know, uh, gluttony. You're not going to be able to hide attitudes. and It's just evident. Now, when I was a seminary student at Oral Roberts University, my roommate, his dad was the, one of the professors. ORU had virtually every denomination represented. His dad was the Anglican professor. And I thought to myself, I need to go catch an Anglican service. He's my roommate. I want to go see what it's all about. So, you know, I came into that service, and this man, he was wearing his robe. He had a nice robe there, white and as I got up closer to my roommate to talk to him after the service, I noticed that on this white robe, he had a bunch of red dots everywhere. And I thought, did he spill the wine? Like the communion wine? Like how did... And then I realized, I remembered my roommate's hygiene habits. 
he would dry shave with no shaving cream. He would, and the blood would splatter on his, which that's a high pain threshold, brother. I mean, do you imagine aftershave on top of that? Stinging. <laughs> but I was like, he's unaware of the, of the blood spots right there. I mean, that's how some people, that, that when you lack hygiene or, or maturity, you, you are not going to be able to hide certain sin issues. He said, mature people are without spot and blameless. There's no accusations that can be thrown out. Now, now, I'll tell you where else maturity comes from. It's found in the rest of the verse. I don't have it on the screen. But in verse 15, uh, he talks about the patience of the Lord being salvation. And then he mentions our beloved brother Paul, who he said wrote some things that are hard to understand. Relationships really get matured. People get matured in life. Let me say it like that. People get matured through relationships. Relationships will do you in. Because Peter and Paul, two of the greatest men of the Bible, got themselves in fights in Galatians chapter 2. And Paul called Peter out for being a hypocrite. You know the story. I mean, think about it. That's why I love the Bible. It talks about the flaws of men. And that, man, when you know how to be in relationship with people, that is a place of maturity where God really starts working things out. Because what maturity will do when relationships will do when they start rubbing on you is they're going to help sharpen you because they, they might help you identify some blind spots in your life. And it is incredible. You, you know, you can just be moving along and unaware of the fact that maybe you've got a weakness or a sin issue or something that's out of control and it takes someone close to your life, maybe your wife, a spouse, a good friend, to help identify that. And it might be painful, but it might be the thing that saves you, matures you. Yeah. You know, one thing I like about relationships is they help you stay in your calling. And I recently walked through this with a, with a friend of mine, and he identified a characteristic in a man we admire, but he said because he doesn't have a voice and because there's no relationship speaking into his life, he's drifting outside of his calling. And you can kind of sense that he's moving in a direction that that may not be exactly what God has called you to do. But if you don't have a voice, if you don't have accountability, if you don't got people speaking into your life with truth, you could end up in a place that's not where God has ordained. Yeah. It provides accountability. I am grateful for accountability. It's not a bad word to people. It keeps you in a safe place of spiritual growth. So I strive to be diligent in my relationships. Man, I'm striving for it. That's why I apologize to my wife for getting mad at her about painting. Because I'm, I'm, I'm ever working to try to listen to voices and grow that way. I want to be a mature man. What about you in your life, man? What about your diligence and attention to detail in spiritual matters? Maybe you feel like you're not reaching your potential. I want to fulfill everything that God has for me. But you'll never do that. You'll never reach potential. You'll never fulfill it without diligence, without the little things and, and, and growing every day spending time with the Lord and, and developing your relational abilities and, 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 and growing if you need to, you know, if you need to go into school to complete a degree, you'll never do that without diligence. Diligence helps you get the mark and, and accomplish what God has for you. And I watch as so many people throw the towel in so quickly. You ever see that? They just give up on things when it just requires a little bit more. I read a book one time called 212. 
212. And 212 is, is the boiling point of water, 212 degrees. And a lot of people, they might be burning at 210, but it's not 212. It's hot, but not boiling. And diligence is that little thing that's going to help turn the dial up just to get another degree or two in the water where it starts bubbling, reaching your potential. Or maybe you're just short-sighted. You, you've lost sight of things. You're, you focus on temporary things. Maybe it's a selfish point of view. You've forgotten that all the Lord has done. And I watch people when they lack gratitude and appreciation for it, and it's like they just live in a, a little bubble. And I, I don't want it to be that way for you. I want you to be able to see with clarity where you're supposed to go, how you're supposed to run your race, man. L live with perspective in life, eternal perspective. Or it could be, you know, maturity. That there's areas of maturity you need. There's, there's a conscience in your heart that you need to listen to because it might be convicting you of sin. Don't say that. Don't watch that. Don't look at that. Or a voice in your life from somebody close to you that's holding you accountable and walking with you. And, and this, this is how, through diligence, we can fulfill what God has and neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Him. I mean, I love that verse. I don't want to stumble. Let's pray. Father, I, I just feel the hunger in the hearts of people today and a desire for growth. I pray, Lord, that the word that we've shared motivates people, gets them fired up. I pray, Lord, for that extra mile that they would go in life. But just take one step for to, to, to pay attention to your word, to have a hunger for it and a love for you and, and not fall back, but press forward. We don't want to be like those who fall back, but we want to be like those who press in forward and lean in. And I pray over every person here, Lord, for people to reach potential, for people to grow in their perspectives. I pray for people to, to, to walk in maturity and the plan of God. Mm, in the name of Jesus. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Father, for your love and mercy. Thank you, Lord, if you got good things ahead for us. Amen. And we believe God's got good things ahead for you. It was nice having my mother-in-law here with us because I get these walk down memory lane. You know, I think about Elizabeth and I years ago when she, I met her in Canada. And I remember I came up there to Canada one time with a pair of earrings, a little gift. And I remember my sweet wife, she lost her earrings. You remember that? And, and she happened to have a Saturday off. She spent the entire day going through the house looking for those earrings. And I think that was a Saturday, your day off of all days. You found them somewhere in the trap or the sink or something like that. I mean, she looked everywhere, everywhere, finally found those earrings. She was diligent about looking for them. It reminded me of a story uh, that Jesus shared in Luke 15 about a woman with uh, 10 coins. They say those coins were like on a necklace. It was a wedding gift. And, and it says she lost a coin. And so she got her candle out, her lamp stand, and she began looking all day. And it says that when she found that coin, she rejoiced. She went looking for it. It was a diligent search. You know, Jesus is diligent. He's looking for hearts. He will leave the 99 to go after the one. And I'm telling you, he's looking for your heart. He's looking for a heart that's open on his behalf. And maybe this morning you feel like that lost earring Elizabeth had or that last coin. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you're not in the right place with God. Maybe you feel like you've drifted or, you know, you're not found in him in peace and righteousness and assurance. I just want to give you the chance this morning to get right with the Lord uh, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you feel lost, if you don't feel close to him, if you, 
maybe have deviated or drifted, I want to give you a chance. Just put your hand up. We'll pray with you. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah. All right, let's, let's pray. Everyone pray with me. Say, Father, thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for your blood. I don't want to forget it. I'm grateful for it. And I accept the sacrifice of your son so that I can be close to you. Thank you for being my father. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you have prayed that prayer and you're sincere about it, I'm telling you, the Bible says heaven rejoices over one person coming to him. There's rejoicing and celebration when people repent and get right with the Lord. If you prayed that, I'd love to meet you after the service. Come down and talk to us. So will you stand up with us this morning? Uh, we are sure glad you came out to church today. And I want you to know we value everyone of you. We bless every one of you. And we would love to pray with anyone who wants prayer. I feel like the Lord is always growing me. And I feel like he's always growing his people who are willing to walk with him. So if you need prayer for anything, we've got altar workers. We've got people to pray with you. I want you to know we love you very much. I hope that you enjoy the beautiful spring weather. And we will catch you all next Sunday night. Don't forget to grab something out there for VBS on your way out because we could sure use some help with that. Love you all.